Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 10 of The Man from Glengarry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. The Man from Glengarry, A Tale of the Ottawa, by Ralph Connor. Chapter 10. The Homecoming of the Shantymen. For some weeks Ranald was not seen by anyone belonging to the manse. Hughie reported that he was not at church nor at Bible class, and although this was not in itself an extraordinary thing, still Mrs. Murray was uneasy and Hughie felt that church was a great disappointment when Ranald was not there. In their visits to MacDonald Dew, the minister and his wife never could see Ranald. His aunt Kirsty could not understand or explain his reluctance to attend the public services, nor his unwillingness to appear in the house on the occasion of the minister's visits. He is busy with the fences and about the stables preparing for the spring's work, she said, but indeed he is very queer whatever, and I cannot make him out at all. MacDonald Dew himself said nothing. But the books and magazines brought by the minister's wife were always read. Indeed, when once he gets down to his book, his aunt complained, neither his bed nor his dinner will move him. The minister thought little of the boy's vagaries, but to his wife came many an anxious thought about Ranald and his doings. She was more disappointed than she cared to confess, even to herself, that the boy seemed to be quite indifferent to the steadily deepening interest in spiritual things that marked the members of her Bible class. While she was planning how to reach him once more, an event occurred which brought him nearer to her than he had ever been before. As they were sitting one evening at tea, the door unexpectedly opened, and without announcement in walked Ranald, splashed with hard riding, pale and dazed. Without a word of reply to the greetings that met him from all at the table, he went straight to the minister's wife, handed her an opened letter, and stood waiting. It was addressed to Ranald himself, and was the first he had ever received in his life. It was from Yankee Jim and read as follows. Dear Ranald, the boss ain't feelin' like writin' much, and the rest of the boys is all broke up, and so he told me to write to you and to tell you some pretty bad news. I don't know how to go about it, but the fact is Mac Cameron got drowned yesterday tryin' to pull a little fool of a Frenchman out of the river just below the Lachine. 
We'd just got through the rough water and were lying nice and quiet, getting things together again when that idiot Frenchman got tight and got trying some fool trick or other walking a timber stick and got up sot into the wet. I'd a let him go, you bet, but Mac couldn't stand to see him bobbing up and down, so he ripped off and in after him. He got him, too, but somehow the varmint gripped him round the neck. They went down, but we got him out pretty quick, and the Frenchman came round all right, but somehow Mac wouldn't, choked, appearingly, by that tarnell little fool who ain't worth one of Mac's fingers, and if killin' him would do any good, then he wouldn't be livin' long. We are all feelin' pretty bad. We are comin' home on Thursday by Cornwall, eight or ten of us. The rest will go on with the rafts. The boss says better have rigs to meet us and Mac. That's all. I hain't no good at weepin', never was, wish I could somehow, it might ease off a feller a little. But tell you what, Ranald, I hain't felt so queer since I was a boy lookin' at my mother in her coffin. There was nothin' mean about Mac. He was good to the heart. He would do his work slick, and never a growl or a groan, and when you wanted a feller to your back, Mac was there. I know there ain't no use goin' on like this. All I say is, there's a pretty big hole in the world for us to-night. Moss says you'd better tell the minister. He says he's good stuff, and he'll know what to do at Mac's home. No more at present. Good-bye. Yours truly, J. Latham. The minister's wife began reading the letter, wondering not a little at Ranald's manner, but when she came to the words, Mac Cameron got drowned, she laid the letter down with a little cry. Her husband came quickly to her, took up the letter, and read it to the end. "'I will go at once,' he said, and rang the bell. "'Tell Lambert to put Black in the buggy immediately, Jessie,' he said, when the maid appeared. "'Do you think you ought to go, my dear?' "'Yes, yes, I shall be ready in a moment. But, oh, what can we do or say?' "'Perhaps you had better not go. It will be very trying,' said the minister. "'Oh, yes, I must go, I must. The poor mother!' Then she turned to Ranald as the minister left the room. "'You are going home, Ranald, I suppose?' she said. "'No, I was thinking I would go to tell the people. Donald Ross will go, and the Campbells, and Farquhar McNaughton's light wagon would be best for the—for Mac, and then I will go round by the McGregors.' Ranald had been thinking things out and making his plans. "'But that will be a long round for you,' said Mrs. Murray. Could not we go by the Campbells, and they will send word to Donald Ross? I think it would be better for me to go, to make sure of the teams. Very well, then. Good-bye, Ranald, said the minister's wife, holding out her hand to him. But still Ranald lingered. It will be hard on Bella Peter, he said in a low voice, looking out of the window. Bella Peter? Bella MacGregor? Yes, said Ranald, embarrassed and hesitating. She was Mac's. Mac was very fond of her, whatever. Oh, Ranald, she cried, do you say so? Are you sure of that? Yes, I am sure, said Ranald simply. The boys in the shanty would be teasing Mac about it, and one day Mac told me something, and I know quite well. I will go to her, said Mrs. Murray. That will be very good, said Ranald, much relieved, and I will be going with you that way. As Mrs. Murray left the room, Mamie came round to where Ranald was standing, and said to him gently, "'You knew him well, didn't you?' 
Yes, replied Ranald in an indifferent tone, as if unwilling to talk with her about it. And you were very fond of him, went on Mamie. Ranald caught the tremor in her voice and looked at her. Yes, he said with an effort. He was good to me in the camp. Many's the time he made it easy for me. He was next to MacDonald Vane with the axe, and, man, he was the grand fighter. That is, he added, adopting the phrase of the MacDonald gang, when it was a plain necessity. Then, forgetting himself, he began to tell Mamie how Big Mac had borne himself in the great fight a few weeks before. But he had hardly well begun when suddenly he stopped with a groan. But now he is dead. He is dead. I will never see him no more. He was realizing for the first time his loss. Mamie came nearer him, and laying her hand timidly on his arm, said, I am sorry, Ranald. And Ranald turned once more and looked at her, as if surprised that she should show such feeling. Yes, he said, I believe you are sorry. Her big blue eyes filled suddenly with tears. Do you wonder that I am sorry? Do you think I have no heart at all? She burst forth impetuously. Indeed, I don't know, said Ranald. Why should you care? You do not know him. But haven't you just told me how splendid he was and how good he was to you and how much you thought of him and— Mamie checked her rush of words with a sudden blush and then hurried on to say, Besides, think of his mother and— all of them. While Mamie was speaking, Ranald had been scanning her face as if trying to make up his mind about her. I am glad you are sorry, he said slowly, gazing with so searching a look into her eyes that she let them fall. At this moment Mrs. Murray entered ready for her ride. Is the pony come? she asked. Indeed, it is the slouch I am, said Ranald, and he hurried off to the stable, returning in a very short time with the pony saddled. You would not care to go with your uncle, Mamie? said Mrs. Murray, as Lambert drove up black in the buggy. No, Auntie, I think not, said Mamie. I will take care of Hughie and the baby. Good-bye, then, my dear, said Mrs. Murray, kissing her. Good-bye, Ranald, said Mamie, as he turned away to get his colt. Good-bye, he said awkwardly. He felt like lifting his cap, but hesitated to do anything.